Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry, and today we're talking about press freedom in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is officially known as the Special Administrative Region of the People's Republic of China, the PRC. As such, it has a unique access into a country which is largely off-limits to the rest of the world. But this year, lots of things have happened in regards to limiting press freedom in the region. The national security law announced in late June cracked down on how Hong Kong media outlets could spread ideas of independence nationally and internationally too. Add to that new police proposals which came into force last month, which changed how the police recognised journalists working in public spaces. Joining me on Zoom is Ronson Shan, the Deputy Assignment Editor of Stan News, a Hong Kong-based, not-for-profit, pro-democracy website reporting on social and political issues in the Chinese language. He talks to me about the multiple contexts in which press freedom is getting worse in Hong Kong. I feel it's a really important discussion to be had, which is why I ask you to be patient with Ronson today. I'm really grateful to him for speaking to me as he's doing so in a second language he finds hard. So please bear with us as we explore his concerns for the next wave of Hong Kong journalists and the immediate threats to the media now. Apologies as well for some of the sound in today's episode. We are all working from home and it can be tricky. But as they say, content is king and Ronson has some important messages to share with you. Before we jump into that interview, here's something to put into your diary. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk provides media training for journalists, editors and other media professionals. On the 2nd of November 2020, we are running an online course on how to become a successful freelance journalist. That's led by Lily Cantor and Emma Wilkinson, two experienced freelance journalists and the co-authors and co-hosts of the Freelancing for Journalists book and podcast. For this course and all the other great courses we run, head over to journalism.co.uk forward slash courses. It's obviously a difficult time to be a journalist in Hong Kong, Ronson, and we're hopefully today going to talk about a few reasons why that is the case. I'd like to start with the the national security law that came in uh, into force at the end of June. You probably know this all by heart, but for our listeners who don't know, here's a small extract which I'm reading here from the South China Morning Post, and it says... China's top legislative body, the National People's Congress Standing Committee, unanimously approved a sweeping national security law tailor-made for Hong Kong on June the 30th. It goes on to say that the law bans secession, subversion, terrorism and collusion with a foreign country or external elements to endanger national security. What part of this law relates to your journalism and impacts it? So it is clear that the foreign news agency were under the eyes from the uh, Central People's Government uh, organization or department that they will have a, a tight uh, management or the monitoring on uh, a foreign news agencies. This is what we uh, are, are concerning. And I can give you a new example that um, f- uh, recently, a teacher has been cancelled his uh, registration from the educational bureau. He get this uh, punishment because the government accused that he is spreading the ideas and the ideology of the uh, Hong Kong independence and cancelled his uh, registration. So um, we are afraid that what is the guidance and what is the 
uh, the boundaries of the, of the discussion uh, is is reporting uh, also being a sense of uh, spreading uh, independence of Hong Kong ideas. We we, we don't know, um, so we are still afraid that this this uh, uh, swan is over our head. It may be cut off one day, but maybe not maybe not not now, but it will come one day. Stan News. Let's let's talk about that for a second. It's a as I understand, it's a not for profit. It's pro democracy uh, online website reporting on social and political issues. Correct. How has this law changed the way that you operate? And we are uh, decided to keep on our work, but you know that we have many blocks on our website. If the blocks are uh, related to the national security issue or the issue of the independence of Hong Kong, it, it does not mean that we, we don't post it anymore. It, it, it doesn't mean that, but we have to uh, think about it, whether any security uh, consideration on it. If somebody, like Nathan Law, his uh, articles or blogs, maybe we have to pay more attention on it. But even if we don't post his blog, we will still do our report on his uh, ideas or action. So um, I, I hope that it is a, a middle way for us to stay safe. So that I've understood this, Ronson, is the sensitivity of this law about the stories that you're writing and putting out to the wider world, or is it the fact that you're taking maybe stories from the Western world and disseminating them to the Chinese mainland? It's, it's, it's many, many dimensions. For example, if Reuters writing a story on Xinjiang or Tibet, so if I copy or, or if I, I repost or if I report the, the source from Reuters, and after my edition is going out, that is still under the monitor from the, the, the national security law. And could you do that normally? Before this law came into force, could you repurpose something from Reuters or a different news agency elsewhere? Before we will write this story, for example, the Reuters reporting on Xinjiang or Tibet. Today, if we watch it, we will also write this report. But we will have some concerns we will have a more um, uh, careful and more alertness on the report to see whether it will have any problem. But I have to say, even we are putting our eyes on it, it does not mean that we, we will be saved from this report. We still will be charged or prosecuted by writing these, these stories. But we, we don't have choice. We, we, we cannot have such self-censorship. Because if we've done it, that the Hong Kong people will be very, very disappointed. And we are trying to keep everything just like before. But everyone knows that it is not like before. Looking at the, looking at the law again, it, it says that the maximum penalty for each crime is life imprisonment, although the suggested sentence for some minor offences is less than three years in jail. That's pretty scary, Ronson. What is it like to be a journalist operating under that situation and under those laws? The punishment that you have mentioned is all based on the national security law in mainland. I would like to say it's not a common practice in the common law that we have practicing in Hong Kong for many years. For example, in Hong Kong, life imprisonment is only existing in the murder case and uh, some serious uh, violence case 
the Hong Kong national security law, copy the punishment from them. Um, for honestly, for our journalists, we all feel very scared and and worry about the, the situation. But we have to still do our job. Um, so we we are trying to stand firm and keep our alertness on this. But now it's just like a missionary. It may have some days that we may be punished. We don't know how it would come, but of course we know that it may come one day. Got it. Have um have any staff members at Stan News actually been arrested or anything like this? Fortunately, no. But um, some of us are afraid on it. Uh, actually, there we have done some psychologically preparation only. We understood that one day that police will come to our door and ring our bell, and then we have to open the door and give give them to 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 have any searching on our office. We understand it will come one day. Fortunately, it hasn't happened yet. But you're bracing yourself for that. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, wow, how do you tell a Hong Kong journalist that you know? It, it's possible that, that the police are going to come through the door at any moment and you need to be ready. But actually, actually, in the Hong Kong media industry, around 80% to 90% uh, media uh, uh, agency, newspaper, radio, televisions are controlled by the Beijing force. We all know that. They, they appoint the management. They um, persuade their... The, the, the boss of this uh, corporation, for example, TV station, radio, newspaper, um, the rest of the media are website media and some independent media and Apple Daily. So if you're working on the Beijing side, you will know that many self-censorship uh, happens. You won't be arrested or prosecuted by the government because you, you have a very, very safe working situation. But in, in the media, such like us, the Stand News, Apple Daily, that we know that we have a more independent environment. What protection can you give your journalists? Honestly, no, nothing. Very, very uh, frankly, um, if one day the, the police ring our bell, go to our, our door and said that they have to arrest us or even collect our materials, we have no resistance. We cannot resist anymore. If you resist it, then you, 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 may, you may be charged. So we, we don't have any, any, any uh, uh, protection on it. it. It just depends on how the police and the Office of the Safeguard the National Security to operate. If, if they say uh, we, are, we, are, we, have, we have crime, we have been guilty, we, are, have, we have problem, that they can do anything on us. Yeah, it's Hong Kong is so interesting. You know that. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I know. You, you, you never see such situation. We have some freedom. For example, our journalists can still go on the street to do our journalistic work. The police say they will give you freedom of press, but actually they can do anything when, when they want. Mm. What I don't want to do. Ronson is pretend that before the national security laws came in that it was perfect in Hong Kong because as we both know in December you had a run-in with the police with Hong Kong where they showed your ID on the live stream. Can, can you tell our listeners what happened there? Well in the Boxing Day last year I'm working in a shopping mall 
Um, there were some uh, uh, undercover police inside the valley. The police are wanted to arrest the the, the youth that uh, committed the disturbance. But the, the police, they were undercover. They they wearing very ordinary clothes. And the uniform police, that did not know that the undercover police are their colleagues. They even used the button to fight the undercover police. I, I take a video on it, on it and I comment on it, saying that the undercover police wearing very ordinary and have no any signal or any signs on their police identification. So they, they forced me to go aside and receiving their search. And I'm very cooperative with them. During the, the stop and search, I have to hand my ID card and my journalist association membership card to them. And one of the police constables placed my ID card on the cam and, the, and they know the cam are in, in live streaming. Therefore, my information and the surface of the ID card have been uh, broadcast in the Facebook Live. Who, whose Facebook account was it live streamed to? The police constables. The live cam is holding by me and I put it on, on, on ground only. Police constable have intention to place my card very directly on the uh, before the lens and therefore my, my information and the surface of the ID card have been broadcasted. Is it normal for the police to live stream to Facebook? No, no, it's not. It is abnormal. They, they, were, they were trying to doing some uh, name and shame. For example, they catch your ID card and they speak your name loudly. Most of the policemen are dislike the university students now because they are the main force. So I saw that before they will get the student ID card from them and force them to speak loudly in, in the proper area. Is that an isolated event for journalists in Hong Kong or, is, or does things like this happen quite frequently? Please, uh, putting the ID card on the cam is rare happened. Um, but in my, in my memory, only me but our colleagues and other journalists uh, will still have suffered other kind of the unfair treatment. For example, we will be sprayed by the pepper gas, we will be uh, detained by the police on the street, and, they, and the police need us to, to put our ID card and our press card before the camp for their um, criminal investigation. We have no lawyers beside us, and our legal rights have not been uh, 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 protected. So you will understand how difficult that we, we are in the Hong Kong street. It sounds so difficult. Mm. I can't imagine. It, it, has this situation now been resolved? I mean, I, I, I note that they admitted that it was inappropriate behaviour, but, you know, is, is, the situ is that situation now finished? I, I would just say it, it won't happen so frequently within this month but it won't mean that it won't come again because the, the police constables doing such action they will not receive any any consequence on it because of course we've seen the new police proposals as well recently that came out last month which changed the way that they recognize journalists in that they don't recognize journalists no longer uh, registered with the government does that impact you at all before the rules change that the hong kong Journalist Association 
and the Hong Kong Photojournalist Association's membership card are recognized by the police force. That means that when we're showing these two associations' membership card, the police recognize us as an ordinary uh, um, journalist and we can have rights to do our journalistic work. Um, but uh, when under the pandemic that some rules are existed that uh, more than four people cannot be gathered uh, together and if if you are gathered on, on the street like this that a penalty will be around 2,000 Hong Kong dollars which means around 200 pounds around. It is quite expensive. Before the, the rules change if we are showing these two associations press card, you won't be penalized. So, but after they change the rules, that means that they, the, the police no longer to, to recognize it as a certificate of a journalist. It only depends on the ISD, means Information Service Department, it's a government department. They have a lease on some media organizations. Uh, fortunately, the Stand News is one of the organizations on the list. So the police will only check my company press card. If my company on the list, they, they will regard us uh, as an ordinary journalist. Otherwise, even you have a, a, a HKJA or HK Photojournalist Association membership card, they won't uh, treat us as an ordinary journalist. The freelance journalist or some website journalists that they, their company or their website have not been registered on the list, that they, means that when they doing their journalist work, that it will, he or she will be penalized by the police. So we are afraid on that. But um, the commissioner of police uh, have a verbal promise on that the person outside the uh, police court and I have their own rights to do their journalistic work and the police won't interfere. Uh, not many journalists have been penalised, but we have still have to put our eyes on it to see whether it will come very straight. It's, it's another thing to worry about, isn't it? Yes, yes. So, so you can imagine, you guys can imagine Hong Kong, when you write any articles or reports, when you go on the street to have any uh, news reporting, that many laws have to regulate you, and you are very easy to to get arrest on, and you you are even don't know it. Wow, have you started to see the impact of this yet? Less journalists are willing to go on the street, and also the university students, uh, because there's some are they from some of them are are studied in the journalist department. And they will see it as an internship to do the journalist work on the street. But after these uh, regulations changed, they will have no longer protection on it. Because before they can using their Hong Kong Journalist Association student membership card, which uh, are guaranteed by the police that they will be, they will be uh, free from any stop and search or arrest. But today, this promise and, and guarantee have, not, have no longer been existed. Some of them are uh, frightened about the situation and they were no longer too willing to uh, go for the uh, reporting. Uh, honestly, I'm quite uh, 
uh, worry about the situation because the, the, the journalist students are the future of our journalist industry. If they are afraid on it, that means that we have no, no future on Hong Kong journalism. That's a really serious point that you've just made there. Yes, yes. When you take all of these different contexts together, the, the national security law, what's happened to you in the past, the, the police proposals, is it easy to kind of say that press freedom in Hong Kong is getting worse? Yes, this is a, a, a sole conclusion on it. Um, for you can see it on the, um, the ranking on the press freedom index, we have been dropped in the recent year. Um, honestly, we cannot have a um, very good hope on it, since the Beijing government is also a, a lower-ranked uh, press freedom country. But uh, we just hope that the situation won't go worse too fast. Yeah. The question I want to end with, Ronson, is that, you know, from, a, from an international point of view, we do rely on Hong Kong for its special access into China, which is widely off limits to the to the rest of the world, but particularly thinking about those that write and report in English. What I want to ask is, if press freedom is being stifled in Hong Kong, what does that mean about international scrutiny on China itself? Uh, the situation is going worse also, because you can imagine, for example, you have mentioned the report from SCMP. SCMP is a very historical newspaper. It existed around 150 years and it always uh, uh, being a very reliable source or, or platform for the foreigners to watch what happened in China and Hong Kong. But SCMP have been controlled by Ma Yun, as you know, um, it becoming a state-owned newspaper. Uh, I, I hope the Beijing officers understood that if Hong Kong's journalism have any problem, it will affect the uh, uh, foreigners to to how to watch and um, the image of the uh, the Beijing government. But um, unfortunately, I, I I can't see the President Xi and his colleagues have such uh, uh, feelings. Ronson, I want to thank you so much for your time and honesty today. It's been really great to talk to you and and learn about what the situation's like for you in Hong Kong. Wish you all the best. Honestly, I, I have less used my English. I, I hope that uh, you guys understood what I'm talking, and and I'm hoping that uh, the people in England had, can pray to for Hong Kong more <laughs> for our situation. Really enjoyed speaking to Ronson there, and I got a real sense of acceptance from him that the situation could at any moment get worse. But equally, that was met by a genuine determination that he'll keep going until it does. His fears for the next wave of journalists are really alarming, and that alone is worth our attention. If you like what you heard today, you can check out all our other episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. If you'd like to feature on the podcast, then I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.